Hello world, my name is Don and you're watching Showcase for the week ending Sunday, September the 11th, 2022. <laughs> Thank you, sound effects. Stop the presses, this is our Sunday show and that means weird headlines and your live chat comments. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscription bell. And as always, if you're with us live, feel free to drop a line in the live chat and I just might read it off on the air. So let's go ahead and get rolling into things immediately, pretty much, with the first order of business tonight, which boils down to a thing from Science Alert, which was uh, posted on September 5. Vampire in Poland found buried with a sickle to prevent the rise of the dead. This was actually sent in to us by a viewer, Ms. Sugar Ch I am Ms. Sugar Cheney, I think is what it is. Um, hang on. Control, do we have that on screen? Oh, darn it. There it is. I am Sugar Cheney. There it is. It's uh, on screen for you there. Um, so yeah, vampire in Poland found buried with a sickle to prevent the rise of the dead. This is a science article. The skeletal remains of a female vampire were found in a 17th century Polish graveyard with a sickle across her neck to prevent her rising from the dead. Professor Dariusz Polinski from Nicholas Copernicus U University headed the archaeological dig that led to the discovery of the remains which were found wearing a silk cap and with a protruding front tooth. This is according to the Daily Mail on Friday. Uh, Polinski told the Daily Mail, quote, the sickle was not laid flat, but placed on the neck in such a way that if the deceased had tried to get up, the head would have been cut off or injured, end quote. Interesting. In the 11th century, citizens of Eastern Europe reported fears of vampires and began treating their dead with anti-vampire rituals, according to Smithsonian Magazine, believing that Quote, some people who died would claw their way out of the grave as blood-sucking monsters that terrorized the living, end quote. Okay, I know it's a little bit early for Halloween-centered stuff, basically, but this, I guess, qualifies as something that we kind of have to talk about a little bit just under the pretense of weird news anyway. Because this is one of those things where it's like, how in the world is this something that, that was even in the realm of possibility? You can see from this photograph here the protruding front tooth that the piece was just talking about here. I don't know how that constitutes a vampire, though, necessarily. If I'm not mistaken, vampires usually have fangs, you know, the what, what are considered the canine teeth, basically. Um, I'm not too sure about why one would be like in the front like that. Um, any, uh, if, if there are any archaeologists or anthropology is the other field, I could be wrong there. Uh, watching this, feel free to drop some facts and information in the uh, comment feed down below at the bottom of this video if this finds its way into your newsfeed. I do I, I do have a little bit of curiosity on this though, because like I'm pretty sure in order to kill a vampire, you would need to go for the heart, right? With a wooden stake, not cut off the head with what appears to be a very badly decayed sickle. I, I don't think decapitation has anything to do with exterminating vampires. Um, but, but then again, I don't have any Van Helsing in my bloodline, so I could be wrong. But anyway, that's what that is, uh, apparently. And this was sent in to us by at I am Sugar Cheney. Thanks so much for the for the weird news tip. There you go. Don't forget to, like it says at the bottom of the screen, use the link tree link that's in the ticker scrolling at the bottom of the screen to send in your weird news topics. And maybe they just might find their way into our rotation for next week's weird news show right here on Weekend Showcase. So thanks so much for that tip. Let's move on to the next topic on the agenda tonight. This is from Live Science. Are penguins really monogamous? Um, this is one of those questions I would file under the category of never thought to ask. 
but I suppose you got to come up with a pitch for Happy Feet 3 from somewhere, I suppose, um, is the first thought that comes to my mind, basically. There's something sweet, perhaps even romantic, about penguin courtship. Are you kidding me? This is about to become some National Geographic stuff. After spending months at sea, hunting for fish and swimming in the iciest waters, female a, a daily penguins toboggan to the same breeding grounds year after year. Da -da -da -da. Let me see. Waddling through a bar scene of trumpeting preening males, they ignore advances and make a beeline for their mates from the previous season. Males who arrive before the females to tidy up their nest. Hmm, okay. Such penguins are paragons of long-term commitment, but are all penguins so committed to one partner throughout their lives? I'm curious who thought it was a good idea to go through and put together the financial and, I guess, human effort resources to actually study and report on this. Like, where's the, is this something to do with climate science? I don't know if this is, what what possible connections there could be to, to like, any slightly more important nature or climate topics that something like this might be in the purview of necessarily. But um, anyway, this is, anyway, this is, uh, this is submitted to uh, livescience.com seven days ago. Uh, this and all the other topics tonight uh, are linked in the description down below. If you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, um, feel free to click through to those links for further information about any of these topics. I don't really have any further reactions to this, but uh, if any of you at home have any other like jokes or observations or questions to bring up here, hey, feel free to post the, that information in the live chat to the right here if you're watching along with us live, and we might just read it off on the air like one of our loyal viewers here, Brain Spaz. Hey, Brain, thanks so much for watching. Hey, Don, animals do have feelings, and they can get attached. Monogamous, though, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that animals don't have feelings. That's not what I'm suggesting here or questioning here. It's more of basically just the pretense of this entire, or the context of this entire news article here. You're talking about what a relationship, a romantic relationship is using human terminology or what has been understood as distinctly human terminology. Would penguins behave in terms of mating habits in a way that human beings would recognize as committal, as monogamous, or is it just basically, here's what you need to lay an egg and bounce? Like, is that, is that what that is? I'm not even, I haven't watched enough nature specials, nature documentary specials to know that for sure here. And we don't really have time to go very much further into that detail here. But, um, but hey, if you're curious to read more about this, feel free to check the link to this story that's down in the description at the bottom of this video, if you're curious to learn more. So anyway, that's pretty much all we have for this topic here. Thanks once again for watching Weird News right here on Weekend Showcase. Get out of here. Good grief. Um, <laughs> there we go. Streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Thanks so much for smashing that like button and the notification bell and, you know, subscribe and follow and all that sort of thing. We're really trying to build this brand up and we really appreciate all of your support on this channel. Uh, let's go ahead into the next topic here. This next one is from the New York Post published. Uh, wait a minute. Here it is. Uh, six days ago, September 5th. Can I magnify this? Here we go. Woman who didn't know she was... Ah, darn it. Sorry, everybody. I'm getting a lot of these weird ad banners. Here we go. Okay, this is from New York Post. Woman who didn't know she was pregnant gave birth and went back to work. Okay. Um, so and this, is, this looks like a TikTok video here. Point of view. You admit yourself into the ER for stomach pain after work and get told that you're in labor after seven and a half months of not knowing. Wow. And then the, the next screen here is a reply to the original, uh, to a comment on that video. I'm just imagining you calling your job the next day like, yeah, I actually can't come in. I had a baby after work yesterday. 
Yeah, this actually reminds me of some reality shows that used to run on the Learning Channel, or what used to be considered the Learning Channel. I don't really know <laughs> what um, what that might be there. Um, hang on a second. Control, can you turn off your camera, please? Um, that would be that. I'm seeing an extra picture there. There we go. Thank you. And we have a comment from Brain Spaz. Unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the simplest sort of reaction to that. Um, let's see. Here we go. A woman who clocked out of work one evening feeling unwell returns the next day for her morning shift after giving birth to a surprise baby in a, quote, cryptic pregnancy, end quote. TikTok user Brit, age 23, shocked viewers with her candid recount of giving birth to her daughter at seven and a half months pregnant with no idea she was even pregnant. In the now viral clip, new mom Brit showed photos in the weeks and days before her surprise baby arrived, none of which showed a visible baby bump. She admitted she did not think anyone was anything was awry at all since her period had always been irregular and her weight stayed between 110 pounds to 115 pounds the entire time. Wow. Okay. Well, I don't think there's anything. Okay, here we go. Uh, Britt said she did. I'm reading ahead a little bit here. Britt said she didn't tell her manager what happened, discharged herself from the hospital and went to work the next day since she was still in shock over the ordeal and hadn't processed it. I guess she didn't take that that uh, TikTok commenter's advice. Uh, she explained in another clip on TikTok, quote, my daughter was born a little bit before 2 a.m. I was discharged a little bit before 6 a.m. and my shift started at 10.30 or 11, end quote. Wow. Um, you know, we try not to have political comments on this on this uh, channel. And what I'm about to say, I don't want this to be interpreted as, as like anything political, but it, it really, this is one of those case in points where, they're really, God, I, I really wish there was like more universal, um, like maternity leave, you know, for this exact sort of reason, like really the same day, I can't imagine going through seven and a half, eight hours of labor, you know, and then just having to go into work four hours later for who knows how long the shift is. I, it doesn't say here, but I don't know. Um, goodness, um, more power to her and, um, hopefully, uh, she and the baby are doing well. Um, that's, that's all I can say about that at this point. Um, that, that's man. Anyway, let's, uh, let's move on to the next topic. What are your thoughts on this or any of the other topics that we're discussing tonight? Feel free to post a comment in the live chat feed. If you're watching along with us on YouTube or Twitter or, um, sorry, YouTube, Twitter, Twi uh, Twitch, or Facebook. <laughs> and, um, we might be able to post it here on the screen. Uh, please make your comments as non-religious or political as possible. We try to make this a place that's neutral from that sort of thing um, as much as we can. Let's see. Moving on. This is our next topic. This is from The Mirror, which is another UK-based publication. Terrifying Castle, branded one of the most haunted, is home to more than 100 ghosts. Apparently, there are said to be as many as 100 spirits roaming the halls with royalty, a woman sealed inside the walls and ghosts riding around on horse horseback. Wow. Okay, this was posted in the mirror six days ago. Let's see. The story begins, Draxholm Castle in Zealand, Denmark, is 800 years old. Here we are. And has earned the title of being one of Europe's most haunted castles. It's thought there may be up to 100 spirits still roaming the castle's corridors, ranging from a nobleman on horseback to a woman in white who it's thought was sealed inside the walls, dying a horrific death. I'm actually reminded of the pilot episode of Supernatural, that show that used to be on the CW and before that WB for a year. Um, some of you who have fond memories of that show may remember the pilot episode from that show way back in tail end of 2005. 
the the ghost that they were fighting in that episode was a woman in white, um, as it turned out. So that's what this brings back memories uh, of, basically. There was nothing about like being trapped inside the walls necessarily, but it's like, whatever. Hi, Jason JJ. Yes, this is live. Good to see you. Hey, you're joining on Facebook. Yes, do not adjust your televisions. We are live streaming to YouTube and Facebook and Twitch and Twitter at the same time. And if you comment on those places, we can pull up your chats live on screen. So yes, to answer your question, Jason JJ, this is live and in living color. Do not adjust your televisions. So, and thanks for watching and liking and subbing. So this is, but back to this topic. Again, I'm going to go ahead and put this in the same category as the, the, the vampire that was buried with the sickle next to the throat. For some strange reason, I don't understand. Like That's not how you kill a vampire, cutting off the head. We already talked about that. This is one of those topics that I would put in that same category of Wow, it's a little early to be talking about Halloween-adjacent topics. We're not even out of September yet, but I guess it's never too early, sort of. Um, especially if you're looking for inspirations for like building a haunted house. If you're like that house in the community that's really festive and does a lot of interesting sort of timely things to observe different holidays throughout the year and you're looking for inspiration, I'm sure a haunted house was already kind of on the itinerary, but I don't know. There may be some things in here like horseback, really? Ghosts on horseback? I've never heard of that before. Like are the, I'm guessing the, hmm, how does that work exactly? Because the horses, the horses have their own lives, presumably their own souls, their own spirits, right? Are we talking about a horse that died at the same time as, hang on a second, here we go. Are we talking about a horse that died at the same time as the person riding it? And so that's why both ghosts are kind of a collective unit. Or are we talking about like the horse died of like natural causes or something later on, but I guess the psychokinetic energy of the rider was just so intense that the human sort of manifested his own like ghost horse basically to sort of go along with the human ghost that's just riding the ghost horse that he conjured he or she whatever you know however the ghost chooses to self-identify um while roaming the halls of this haunted house along with 99 other ghosts i don't uh, th there's some elements in here that i feel like unpacking a little bit further but I think I would need to recharge my proton packs before even beginning to enter uh, entertain that conversation. Um, but anyway, that's that's my immediate reaction to that. What do you guys think about this or any of our other topics tonight? Feel free to drop a comment in the live chat, and uh, we might be able to read it up on the air and get a conversation going. A uh, little bit of a delayed reaction with the rim shot there, Control, but thanks for that. Thanks for supplying that. Um, anyway. Let's move on to the next item on the docket. Once again, thanks so much for watching Weird News right here on Weekend Showcase, streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and um, Twitter. <laughs> thanks so much for smashing that like button and the notification bell and subscribing and following and all that sort of thing. Um, and don't forget, by the way, the, tw the news ticker that's going at the bottom of the screen. If you have items that you'd like to submit for us to cover on weird news on Sunday nights, or maybe if you've got some ideas for movie trailers to react to on Friday nights on our Friday show, go visit that link tree page that's scrolling at the ticker at the bottom of the screen and use the contact us link to just send us an email, send us a message with the link and uh, we'll look into it and see if we can put that in our rotation. Uh, we actually had somebody send us a trailer um, on Friday and we're in the process of gathering information for this coming uh, for this coming Friday's trailer show, we have a lot of stuff from the Disney D23 thing. So, like, we're still combing through that and organizing a playlist for that. But um, definitely keep an ear to the ground and make sure you're subscribed and notified of uh, content on this channel. So once we go live with that, um, we can see if we can get some user-submitted content added to the rotation. 
maybe it might be yours. Let's go ahead and move on to live science, which I guess this is sort of, hmm, I guess we can sort of put this with the monogamous penguins piece. Like this is a level of, I guess, social science pertaining to animals that it would never have occurred to me to be curious about. Do animals grieve? And then the subheading says, if animals grieve, what does it mean for their welfare and conservation? This was published on LiveScience.com eight days ago. Uh, let's see. Deep in a Tanzanian rainforest in 1972, a famous aging chimpanzee matriarch called Flo breathed her last breath. For her son, Flint, it seemed to be an, it seemed to be an unbearable loss. The chimp, who was unusually bonded to his mother, suddenly grew listless, losing his appetite and becoming increasingly isolated from the rest of the troop. Skipping ahead a bit, researchers have recorded dozens of accounts of strange and heart-rending behaviors like this across the animal kingdom when an animal's relatives or companions die. These behaviors bring up a compelling question. Do animals grieve and mourn their dead as humans do? I actually have a personal question for the uh, um, story about this topic here. Um, I'm reminded during 2020, I had a death in the family. A, uh, I had two dogs. One passed away during the spring of 2020, and I remember, I remember the like when when I brought the other dog out to like observe um, and and try to explain that the not observe excuse me this is awkward wording because this is a really emotional place for me sorry um, but basically I had to figure out how to explain to my other dog that. This one, um, unfortunately, had just passed away, and it, it, she, you could tell, like, the body language of the other dog, like, it was, it, I could tell that there was, like, a disbelief there. It was really hard to sort of process on an emotional level, and I could tell, like, it was, it was you know, obviously dogs can't talk, but with words, but dogs and animals in general, they communicate with us in lots of other ways, and... Um, we, it was, it, things were, things were tough, um, in the, in the near term and to a, to a degree, we're still sort of recovering from that loss, but, um, cause like this dog was with us for many years, but, um, brain spaz sending us a comment. Yeah. You ever hear about the dog that laid by its owner's grave grief? Yeah. I actually heard about that. Um, that's a viral story from. Uh, several years ago, I think. I remember hearing about that on, I think it was a Facebook post from several years ago. It, it, this is, I, I'm probably citing the source uh, incorrectly. If uh, those of you watching this, if you have a more accurate uh, source for what BrainSpaz is talking about there, um, feel free to like post a direct link to that in the comments down below. But man, you know, life is fleeting and it's comparatively brief we do the best we can with every day as though it's our last hopefully but you know that's just how we understand what it is in a human context you know we can't know exactly how other animals other species choose to view concepts like mortality and loss but at the end of the day uh, you know things kind of happen and then you have to do the best you can with the time that you have left um, especially if it's a if it's a beloved, you know, member of your social circle or your family unit or whatever, you know, you got to do the best you can to keep their memory with you. So in a way, they're never gone. You know, um, I would think that, you know, 
other species of um, that other animals have some semblance of that. What that looks like, I don't know. But anyway, sorry, I got uh, I got a little bit emotional there because this is a bit of a heavy topic for me. Anyway, let's move on. Sorry, we should move on. We have uh, five or six other topics left. Uh, next item on the docket is from the mirror. And once again, this and all of our other topics that we're talking about tonight are listed in the description down below at the bottom of this video on Facebook and YouTube. If you want to go ahead and read more, that's where we got it from. Uh, let's see. This next topic says, woman with 50 animals has ashes of dead pets tattooed into her skin. Wow. Um, well, at least the segue writes itself. Um an animal-obsessed woman who shares her home with more than 50 rescue animals has had the ashes of two of her deceased pets inked permanently into her skin so they can always be with her. Wow. Okay. Alexandra Ash, 35, who has at least 30 tattoos of her adopted animals, decided to have the ashes of her late tabby cat, Lamb, embedded in her right arm. Wow. And the remains of a three-legged baby fox called Matilda tattooed next to her heart, crediting the cat she had owned since she was 18 for having pulled her through recovery after she fell into heroin addiction in her late teens and 20s, Alexandra has now been drug-free for five years and dedicates her life to caring for rescue animals in a sanctuary in her home. Wow. And these are the tattoos that were made using the ashes of these pets that uh, apparently uh, bear their likeness. That's that's incredible. The, these, these, these designs are so intricate and, and wow. I'm, I'm without words for this. Um, different people do, uh, cope with loss in different ways, and this person chose to um, do this as an as a way to sort of keep the memory of these pets alive. That's 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 an amazing thing. Um, yeah, these are being called cremation tattoos. Good grief! Wow, that's a heck of a story. Um, what's the what are some stories that some of you at home might have for some interesting and uh, interesting and meaningful tattoos? Um, I mean, feel free to pack, pass us a note in the live chat or in the comments feed down below. Um, hopefully, if you're with us live, you can do it in the live chat so we can show it on screen and react to it in real time here uh, before we get to the end of the show here tonight. But anyway, that was, uh, again, from The Mirror, posted, what was it, six days ago? Yeah. So, And this is, like I was saying earlier, posted in the description down at the bottom of the screen if you're on YouTube or Facebook. Thanks for watching Weird News right here on Weekend Showcase. And thank you for smashing that like button and the subscription button and the notification bell as well and uh, expanding the following and the community for this channel here. We really appreciate it. Um, let's go ahead and move on to some hopefully less emotionally inducing um, topics here. This next one is from UPI. Sea lion <laughs> jumps onto boat to escape killer whales. Okay. This is, uh, I'm not sure if we can get away with playing this YouTube clip. I'll try. I hope I won't have to cut this out uh, later, but let's take a look. It, appear it appears we have a clip, so let's see what this is. A video shot on the holiday Monday earlier this week is a great example of how prominent transient killer whales are becoming in the water surrounding Vancouver Island. The star of the video, however, is a huge California sea lion. CTV's Todd Harmer reports. Whale watchers were enjoying a beautiful day on the water near Petter Bay when they got an unexpected show that could have turned into a tragedy. Whoa! It was captured on this video and in these photos. For those <laughs> seeing the video for the first time, it's just as shocking 
shocking for the whale watchers that saw it happen in real life. Oh my God. That's amazing. I've never seen anything like that and I've been fishing for 50 years. The captain of the whale watching boat that the video was shot from, he too was shocked. Pretty wild to see. Out on the water two days ago, the veteran whale watching guide says the tour had been watching a pod of transient killer whales that had just finished hunting a seal. And the California sea lion was looking to escape the same fate. As the whales sort of passed by the boat, there was a sea lion nearby, which obviously got a look at the killer whales and panicked. So it was. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm not going to uh, screen the whole video. It goes on for about another minute, minute 10, uh, minute 15 seconds or so. But just going by this still frame image right here, you can pretty clearly tell the level of crap, crap, get me out of here, get me out of here kind of thought process that was clearly going through that sea lion's mind at that exact moment. Because this is definitely, like, you know, if you're, the, 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 the animals that are indigenous to this water, they've seen boats before. They know what this is by this point, chances are. So it's like, I think that's probably basically what happened was the sea lion recognized like this is a human vessel that's capable of traveling faster than the sea lion could swim or maybe had the energy to at that point. So I could totally see the sea lion at this point going, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. <laughs> like I'm a sea lion, get me out of here. That's basically, I think the, 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 the reaction to that, just going by this particular still image um, snapshot from this video. I'm, I'm amazed by that myself. Fortunately, um, it looks like that's a light vest there that the uh, fisherman is uh, wearing here. So that um, hopefully yielded high survivability there. Um, let's see. I'm trying to tell where it says, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to see where it says he survived uh, the encounter. I don't see it. Hmm. So, okay, Ernest Godek told the Times columnist, quote, it tipped the boat over to the point where we had to hang on to the gunnels. The water started pouring into the boat. I was just hoping that we wouldn't totally tip over, end quote. The boat righted itself and the sea lion plunged back into the water. The couple said it continued to follow them as they headed back to the shore. Yeah, help, help, I'm being pursued by a killer whale. Wait for me, help me get out of here. Yeah, that's probably exactly what happened. Desert Kingdom said, poor sea lion. <laughs> Thanks for the comment, Desert Kingdom. Thanks for watching. Uh, yeah, this is, that's, that's, I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty certain that that's exactly what was happening there. Anyway, let's move on to the next item on the docket here tonight. This is, uh, once again, we're watching weird news right here on Weekend Showcase, streaming live on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks so much for following and subscribing and smashing that like button. Uh, let's move on. This next piece comes to us from Fox News, uh, nine, seven days ago, seven days ago, excuse me. Wow. It's my first time counting. So this is published September 4, climber arrested after a scaling 1100 foot skyscraper in London. Seriously? Holy crap. Um, London's Shard Building is the tallest building in Britain and Western Europe. Hmm. Video posted on social media shows the climber making his way up the 95 story building just after 5.30 a.m. near London Bridge Station as police, firefighters, and bystanders watched from the ground. Police said three arrests have been made. I mean, do they know that Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol was filmed like 12 years ago? Like, we don't need a gigantic skyscraper skunt, a uh, 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 stunt. Did I say skunt? What is a skunt? <laughs> Giant skyscraper climbing stunt 
anymore. Like that movie was a long time ago now, but anyway, whatever. A 21 year old man was arrested on suspicion of trespass while two other men were both arrested on suspicion of causing a public nuisance. A Metropolitan Police spokesman told My London, yeah, I'm not too sure uh, certain on the rules and guidelines in the UK for, for this sort of thing. Trespassing, sure. I'm not sure that this is a public nuisance per se, but even if it is, why would you even try to categorize this as suspicion of causing? Either something is a nuisance or it's pretty much not. If it's something like this, that's very clearly like out in public and that people can see or hear as the case may be, basically. I don't know about the this. Maybe I'm, you know, splitting hairs. Ms. D says, wow, anything to get into the news, anything to get in the news, excuse me. Uh, thank you for the comment, Ms. D. I mean, we don't yet know about the motive behind doing something like this. What on earth would you can see him right there? Good grief. Uh, what on earth would possess somebody to climb a skyscraper like that who's not working for the in, the Impossible Missions Force? I don't know where in the world that thought process comes from, but this is a, apparently a thing that happened within the last week, or at the very least hit the press, with the, hit the international press within the last week. So there you go. Ms. D says, death wish. Goodness, I hope not. But then again, given what we're talking about here, I wouldn't be surprised. So eh, I guess at this point, it's pretty much anybody's guess. Um, let's see. Let's see if there's any further information about where this came from. Let's see. No, that looks like it. That doesn't look to be any more information. It's just a bunch of more information about the skyscraper itself. Let me see. Yeah, no. While police have not yet named the climber, uh, Adam Lockwood, a notorious 21-year-old free climber, posted a photo on Facebook that apparently shows himself standing at the top of the skyscraper overlooking the city. Lockwood's previous stunts have included dangling from the 262-foot-tall San Siro Stadium in Milan and reportedly posing as a worker to climb a 1,200-foot crane in Dubai. Wow. Well, I guess that explains how this person got access to a 1,200-foot crane in Dubai. But anyway, whatever. Um, let's see. Do we have any other comments on this, Control? It looks like we may have one other one right now. Let's see. I see a thing from Desert Kingdom. There it is. Cray Cray Climb, <laughs> and then uh, what looks like a person climbing emo emoji, and then a winking tongue out uh, laughing emoji, basically. Yeah, I agree with you there, Desert Kingdom. That's 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 Cray Cray. That's pretty much no other way to put that. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. We have three other topics before we reach the end of our lineup tonight. This next topic comes to us from Vice.com. Whoa, come on, move on. Here we go. The Tamagotchi breeder on her 65th generation of the digital pet. Seriously? Okay, wow. This article originally appeared on Vice France. Okay, disclosure. We only have this version of this article that we're seeing right up here. When you look in the description down below for this and all of our other weird news articles that we do on any given show. For this one, we just have this Vice page that we're looking at here. The Vice France article, the original article, you would have to go to this page to find the original source apparently. But... Um, but well, we at least have the vice.com article. Um, so Alicia Costaglu, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, I apologize. Um, age 24, lives in a quiet suburb of the Belgian town of Charleroi, Charleroi, sorry, um, where people speak French with a charming accent and the streets are lined with brick houses as far as the eye can see. A sports teacher for disabled children by trade 
Costaglo also has a side hobby that feels like a second job. She says, quote, every morning I wake them up, I check to see if they're hungry, then I clean up if they've pooped. Jeez. <laughs> I give them a bath, then I clean their homes or play with them, end quote. Costaglo isn't talking about her kids or puppies, but about her Tamagotchis. She's currently taking care of four at a time, the device placed in both her hands and dangling from her wrist throughout our conversation. Wow. Um, and now it's doing a little like, okay, for those of you in Gen Z who don't remember this, launched in 1996 by Japanese toy manufacturer Bandai, Tamagotchis are digital pets living inside an egg-shaped device. It took the world by storm in the early 2000s. Every kid wanted one, and every kid killed theirs at least a million times. That's because Tamagotchis require commitment, routine, and dedication. They have needs, and if those aren't met, they simply die, much to their owner's shock. Good grief. Brain Spaz says, OMG, I guess some kids never grow up. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to look at it. Um, it, it, it's if you have a hobby, you know, and this is what your hobby is while you're taking care of your other adult responsibilities and it's not hurting or hurting anybody or putting anybody at risk. I mean, who's to say that it's a bad thing to have this as what your hobby is, I guess. Um, I'm seeing this Tamagotchi device on the left here has what looks like some sort of like an embroidered or, um, like a quilted case for it. That's interesting. I haven't seen one of those before. I remember when I was younger during my teen years, I had, uh, or a little bit before, actually, a little bit before my teen years, I had uh, the competitor to Tamagotchi. I had Gigapets. Uh, I vividly remember specifically the branded one for the um, Disney's first live-action 101 Dalmatians movie had just come out at the time. And so they had a line of Gigapets that were Dalmatian puppies to tie in with that movie. That was the one that I had, the, the 101 Dalmatians Gigapet. And um, I don't remember, I don't know what happened to it. It's been like well over 20 years, obviously. But I do vividly remember its name was Buster. <laughs> I named my Gigapet Buster. I vividly remember this because at that age, I was a big fan of Tiny Toon Adventures. <laughs> and that's a reference to Buster Bunny, that big blue bunny. That's one of the one of the main characters. Well, he wasn't big, but that was one of the main characters from that show, from that cartoon. Which actually, if memory serves, we were supposed to be getting a remake of that. Um, Tiny Toon's Luniversity. Uh, that's a modern remake of that show. That's a, that should be about to hit HBO Max now, but of course, I guess that's um, that was what that was the situation before we started seeing Warner Brothers Discovery starts imploding. But that's a different conversation for a different weird news show because that in and itself in and of itself is some serious weird news. The Warner Brothers Discovery thing. But anyway, let's uh, let's move on to another topic here. We have two topics left to go for tonight. Thanks so much for watching Weird News right here on Weekend Showcase, streaming live on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter. And thank you for following and subbing and smashing that like button and notification bell and uh, growing this channel up. And don't forget to send us some ideas for what you want to see us talk about on Weird News headlines or uh, movie trailers when we do movie trailers on Fridays. Visit that Linktree link at the bottom of the screen and hit contact us to send us a message. Send us your links, send us your tips, and uh, we might give you a shout out on air. Uh, while we're talking about the topic you submitted. So there you go. Um, I think, Control, I think we already showed that comment. Brain Spaz, yeah, there you go. Okay, thank you. All right, let's move on. This next one is from Yahoo News. French dentists jailed for mass mutilation and fraud. Whoa. This was posted three days ago on Yahoo News. Let's see. A French court on Thursday sent a father and son dentist team to prison for years for needlessly removing teeth from hundreds of patients and fitting expensive dental bridges that left many disfigured and in pain. Lionel Gedge, 
G-U-E-D-J, I don't know how else to pronounce that, Gedge, age 42, set up his surgery in a poor neighborhood of the southern city of Marseille and operated for six years with assistance from his father, Carnell Gage, before being charged with deliberate violence causing mutilations in 2012. During their trial that ended in April, prosecutors said Lionel performed an estimated 3,900 root canal operations on the perfectly healthy teeth of 327 patients, requiring them to be pulled out and replaced with bridges. Oh my goodness. That saw him become France's highest paid dentist in 2010 when he billed some 2.9 million euros, roughly $2.9 million. France's National Health Service, which bore part of the cost of the fraudulent operations, said he fitted 28 more, times more bridges than the average dentist. The son told the court, quote, never, but never did I intend to injure or cause pain, end quote. Wow. Wow. But presiding judge Celine Ballerini said Thursday the two men had set up a systematic scheme that had destroyed the lives of patients who could no longer bear to smile and suffered, quote, intolerable pain, end quote. Lionel was sentenced to eight years in prison and his father five years. Both have been booed by a crowd as they arrived at the Marseille courthouse. Wow. Um, Ms. D says a, a few years of prison is too easy. Their teeth should be extracted slowly. Wow, Ms. D. That's That sounds a little harsh, but I got to say the punishment in that case would fit the crime. Uh, that's pretty much the only thing I can say to that. Um, the story goes on. In a rare move, the judge ordered both men directly to prison, regardless of whether or not they decide to appeal to applause from dozens of victims attending the hearing. Wow. Um, <laughs> Good riddance to, to them is all I can say, basically. That's that's insane. That's that's a level of malpractice that is brain-boggling to me, quite frankly. And that's all I care to say about that, quite frankly. But if you're curious to read and read further into this or any of our other topics that, that I've been talking about tonight, please visit the, the description at the bottom of the screen underneath this video if you're watching us on um, YouTube or on Facebook. We also have the list of topics there. You can click through to the link there too as, as well. Desert Kingdom says, okay, yet another reason to avoid the dentist. Yikes. I mean, thank you for the comment, Desert Kingdom. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, not every dentist is like that. Brain Spaz says, LOL. Uh, I mean, again, just to reiterate, not every dentist is a fraudulent monster like that. You know, apparently we have a couple who are, but the vast majority are not, um, at least to my understanding of, you know, this field's professionalism and ethics, very few, very, very few are and certainly to this level. So I wouldn't use this as a cautionary tale to discourage going to the dentist. Um, I mean, just brush your teeth, people take care of your teeth. Part of that is visiting the dentist. Sorry, not sorry. That's is what it is. Um, anyway, let's move on to the next item on the docket, which is also our last story for the night. Um, it looks like we might be able to finish this one out a little bit early. This brings us back over to the uh, American side of the Atlantic Ocean. This is from the New York Post. Uh, dog walker, hang on a second, darn it. Can I get this thing to fix this? Here we go. Dog walker begs armed pup to, sh to surrender a knife. Wow, are y'all seeing this right now? Look at this. This dog has a knife in its mouth. Um, wow. This is, uh, I mean, good grief. I think, uh, yeah, thank you. 
uh, control with the sound, with the creepy sound effect there. I mean, good grief. That's, that's one way to beg for treats. Um, although I guess this is more of a demand. This is actually a demand at knife point for treats. If I'm, uh, if I'm understanding this correctly, there's, uh, I, I, <laughs> wait a minute. Ah, shoot. I can't pull up the thing anymore. There we go. Oh, no. Oh, well, never mind. Let's move on to this thing. Uh, he was armed to the teeth. Ha ha ha. Theo, a fluffy and innocent looking great Pyrenees, or yeah, Pyrenees, I think is how that's pronounced. I could be wrong. Gave his dog walker plenty of agita this week by picking up a sharp knife while out on a stroll. Matt Paprocki, who was walking his buddy's dog for a second time that day in Sylvania, Ohio, told Storyful, quote, I thought he grabbed a stick as usual. My eye caught the glint of metal and it was instant panic, end quote. Things were hunky-dory until the pup had shoved his face into a pile of sticks and branches where he came across the sharp cutlery. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Such a very fortunate thing that the dog grabbed this up by the handle. This could easily have gone very sideways very quickly. Um, hang on a second. This is... Darn it. Here it is. I gotta get this ad out of my face here. There we go. Okay. Soon after, the owner's friend, who noted great parnies, are known for notorious for not are notorious for not letting go of their findings, hmm, resorted to, to bargaining. Paprocki said, quote, they need trades for something of greater value to them. I tried trading him for animal crackers, which I always take with me. Didn't work. Tried a good stick. Didn't work. My concern was he was going to jump around and play with the knife. End quote. As more panic ensued, Paprocki took a video of the armed and dangerous Theo and sent it to the dog's owner who worked around the corner. Wow. Um... He's uh, Papaki captioned the video on Twitter, quote, I'm 42. I've owned dogs my entire life. Somehow I was totally unprepared for this moment, end quote. Fortunately, the owner sprung into action. Um, he said, quote, luckily she saw it, came within a few minutes, and ran into her house to get food to trade. Whipped cream didn't do it. Salmon did. Theo dropped the knife, and she grabbed it. Now we laugh about it a little, end quote. Well, interesting. And it's also interesting that apparently uh, the New York Post chose to file this topic under the tags angry animals and cute animals. Um, I wouldn't file this under either of those. This is not a cute thing, an animal inadvertently grabbing a knife out of a pile of sticks and, and leaves and frightening the owner or the dog sitter, I guess, as the case may be. And the dog doesn't know what it's doing. We can't really determine the disposition from a photograph. I don't know why we're calling this an angry animal, New York Post. I don't know what, what's the deal with that. But anyway, fortunately, it appears that the, the dog is fine and the owner is fine and all that. So that worked itself out. Man, that was, that was an anxiety-inducing video, I'm going to be honest. But anyway, that's, uh, that's basically all the topics that we have tonight, it would seem. Thanks so much for watching Weird News tonight. Um, what was your favorite headline tonight? I think, hmm trying to figure out what's the favorite headline tonight probably hmm what do i say you know what probably probably the tamagotchi breeder i think is my favorite headline for the night because it's not it's not tragic it's not um you know psychologically or emotionally heavy it's just like the right amount of nostalgia you know what i mean uh what was it here it is this one let's see Darn it. Yeah, I think this one's going to be my favorite topic for the week there. It's it's nostalgia. It's cute. It's it's interesting. And it's, um, you know, it, it, it brings back memories of the Gigapets versus Tamagotchi War, which were a very big thing 
uh, like roughly 20, 25 years ago, roughly. So yeah, I'm going to put that as my favorite. But what was yours? Drop a comment down below to continue the convo. Hang on. Here we go. And feel free to visit us at Weekend Showcase on, oh, Braid Spaz says, favorite was Sea Lion. He escaped the jaws of death. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but anyway, and thanks so much for the comment, Brain Spaz, as well. Please visit us at Weekend Showcase on all major social media platforms, including TikTok or at Linktree, linktr.ee slash Weekend Showcase, like in, in the description, to see all of our video and podcast content in one place, including the contact form, which don't forget, you can use to send us tips for weird news items that we can talk about on Sundays or movie trailers that we can react to on Fridays. So speaking of which, we will see you right here this coming Friday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 Pacific for another new trailer reaction show. Hope to see you then. For now, I'm Don. Thanks so much for watching. Please be safe, and I hope you had a great weekend. Showcase you later. Good night. <laughs> All right, later.